year's inauguration. Now, in the top, you see all of the new cabinet ministers being sworn in, and they're all wearing masks. <laughs> But in the bottom picture, at the president's speech, no one is wearing a mask. Why is that? Leslie, they're abiding by social distance. Abiding social distance. Also, they're outdoors. Both right. You each get a point for that. <laughs> okay, I got three points. How about you? I got two. You got two. Doing well. All right, we've got a couple more questions to go. Just two oh, more. So this is、uh, President Tsai raising her right hand and giving the oath of office.、Uh, what is she facing, Leslie? A portrait of Dr. Sun Yat-sen. Very good. All right, so I asked them before we started to keep their own scores. How many points you get, Nally? You、oh, might have gotten four. I think I got.、Four. How many did you get? <laughs>、uh, five. Five. All right. Good for you. Were but, there? But there was like most, there were many chances. There were many chances. That was. All right. Well, that means that we will be inaugurating Leslie Liao, the president of Taiwan. Insider. <laughs> <laughs> What's this all about? Why are they doing that? What's going on here? It's Curious John. What is he curious about today? It's exam season across Taiwan. And invariably, that means that Taiwan's Confucius temples are busy with nervous students and their parents praying to the ancient sage for good results. But why? It's not clear whether Confucius himself had any religious beliefs, and in any case, what's he got to do with exams? Here this week to clear things up is Mr. Chen, executive secretary of Taipei's Confucius Temple, one of the most famous anywhere in Taiwan. 第一间的孔庙，它是在中国大陆的山东曲阜，也就是。Before we get started, we should probably be clear about what exactly Confucius temples are, how they came to be, and what goes on inside them. Mr. Chen says that the first ever Confucius temple was founded just two years after the sage's death. At this point, China was still a patchwork of rival states, and the commemoration was just a local affair, confined to Confucius's home state of Lu. The temple was really just a house where Confucius had lived. When China was finally unified, Confucianism went through a rough period. Its texts famously burnt, but under later dynasties, it more than made a comeback. In Confucius's own time, his was just one of many rival schools of thought with followers and detractors throughout China. Now it would come to win official favor and rise above the rest. During the Tang Dynasty, one emperor decreed that Confucius temples should be built in every district, and they were. In fact, given China's cultural influence, they were eventually built all over East Asia. 最早的台北的孔庙并不是在现在我们大同区大龙洞这个。The Taipei area came into the Chinese Empire late, and the first Confucius temple here was only finished in 1884. People at the time didn't know it yet, but it wasn't exactly great timing. Around a decade later, Taiwan came under Japanese rule, and with that, in Taiwan, Confucianism was no longer on top. In 1907, the first Taipei Temple was torn down to make way for a girls' school. But if Confucianism's political power had been swept away, its cultural power was still strong, and local notables got together and had a new temple, the current one, built in 1930. It's since become Taiwan's most modern Confucius temple. These days, it's got games and interactive exhibits that cover the sage, his teachings, and the traditional Confucian arts. And the Taipei Temple does all it can to make sure that everyone has access to Confucius. For instance, not that long ago, it launched a specially designed tour program for blind visitors. So, what will you find in a Confucius temple? 
，它都是以道德伦理跟礼乐教化作为一个建筑结构的。While each one has its own special architectural features, they generally follow a similar layout, and you'll find the same buildings in each. Typically, for instance, there's a wall to the south that recalls a passage from Confucius's sayings that basically means there's no shortcut to the profundities of Confucius's teaching. The idea seems to be that you can't just climb over to get inside the compound; you have to go through the proper main gate, just as you must dedicate yourself to study to gain admittance to the depths of Confucian thought. Mr. Chen says there are examples of symbolism like this one in pretty much every corner of a Confucian temple. At the center of everything, of course, is the main shrine to Confucius himself, flanked by galleries that are filled with tablets commemorating his disciples. 孔庙最重要的活动是每年九月二十八号的祭孔大典。The chief event at any Confucian temple is a big ceremony filled with pomp, solemn ancient music, and dancing children in ceremonial costume. This takes place around each September and honors Confucius's birthday. But while that's the highlight of the year, it's far from the only event. 我们是以每个季来设计一个主题性的活动，像是一到三月的时候呢。For instance, the temple in Taipei holds events year-round to promote Confucian thought and culture. These are organized thematically by season. From January to March, for instance, there is a lecture series. Then, when the weather warms up between April and June, the events move outdoors. The focus shifts to the six Confucian arts: ceremonies, music, archery, charioteering, calligraphy, and mathematics. Of course, putting together a real charioteering event may be a little bit too challenging, but the other arts, including archery, are definitely on the menu. 这件最重要的一个概念就是说，它可以训练到心神。Mr. Chun explains that archery focuses the mind, and so was valued by Confucians. Come fall, the big ritual for Confucius's birthday takes center stage, and the events start to center around that. These aren't just events for adults either. In fact, instilling Confucian values in children is a big part of what the Taipei Temple does. For instance, the temple holds summer camps in which children are put in touch with Confucius and his teachings. They get to wear replicas of ancient clothing and learn about Confucius in a fun environment. They're pretty lucky. It's likely that some of their ancestors were forced to learn the Confucian classics by heart when they were around that age. Mr. Chen says these summer camps don't explicitly teach anything from the Confucian classics. Instead, the ideas they contain are transmitted to the kids in other ways. The kids may not be able to read ancient classical texts, but they can at least learn the lessons the texts have to offer. Now that we have our bearings about what a Confucius temple is and what it does, we can start to understand why Confucian temples and exams go together. It all goes back to Imperial China's famed civil service examinations, the tool used to recruit some of the empire's highest officials. Competition was extreme, and so too were the stakes. The few who did the very best could expect to reach the highest heights. And what was on these exams? At the core were the Confucian classics. Confucius himself was long dead by the time any of this happened, of course. But with all that pressure and all those stakes, you can understand why people would start praying to him for success. Since then, the connection between Confucius and exams has expanded to tests in general, and Confucius is still a figure people pray to for good grades, even though alternatives like the God of Learning do exist. 一开始考生进来，中古会齐名，因为中古。
In ordinary years, the Taipei Confucius Temple organizes a mass prayer to Confucius for good luck on exams during the exam season in May. Mr. Chen says the students taking part enter the temple to the dramatic sounds of clanging bells and thunderous drums. They then ritually wash their hands before being guided to the main central shrine of Confucius for silent prayer. This year, of course, is not an ordinary year. Due to COVID-19, the temple has canceled the mass prayer event this year. Instead, students and their parents are being encouraged to come separately as families. They're being sent directly to the main shrine for prayer in a simplified process. The students are told to straighten up their clothing and approach with reverence. Then they're given a card on which to write their exam wishes and place in a box outside. Mr. Chen says that those students who do well on exams will often come back with their parents to present flowers and other gifts for Confucius. It's hard to say whether Confucius the man would have approved of this sort of thing. This is the man who didn't discuss the supernatural and deflected questions about the afterlife, but also mentioned heaven many times and insisted on sacrificing to spirits as though they were present. You could make a lot of arguments either way, and some people have, but really, Mr. Chen says, that's not the point. He says that all of this, even this year's simplified process, serve a greater Confucian purpose. Sure, the students are praying, but in doing so, they're practicing something more important. When they come to the temple, he says, these students are doing so with sincere hearts, and it's getting into that sincere and reverent frame of mind that's really what counts. I'm Curious John, and I'll see you again next week. The Sound of the Puyuma Tribe on Radio Taiwan International. Sometimes it feels like the whole world has gone soccer crazy. Or maybe I should say football crazy. Now don't get me wrong, I, I enjoy watching the game and... If I were any good at it, I'd probably go out and kick a ball around now and then. I'm Andrew Ryan, and in today's Ear to the Grounds, I head to Germany to soak in the excitement of the European Cup and to listen for the sounds of victory. Ear to the Ground. 
When I arrived in Germany last week, I discovered a nation of people glued to their television sets. The streets of Cologne were full of bars and restaurants where people were throwing back pints of beer and focusing on teams of people kicking a small black and white ball around a grassy field. Now, for an American, the sight's kind of familiar, but our guys wear a lot more equipment. And American sports tend to have a lot more scoring going on, too. But I would soon discover that the fewer the points, the more exciting the game. Maybe that's one of the reasons why soccer has such a big following all around the world. And maybe that's why Americans don't like it as much. You need some high scores and some bling to get us excited. Last week in Cologne, I was with three bands from Taiwan who were performing at a showcase on Saturday night at the CO Pop Music Festival. On Friday, we were going to watch some bands play, but we realized that pretty much everything stops for football, especially when Germany's playing. So we went out to watch the game too. We found this restaurant with a big screen TV. Well, pretty much all restaurants had a big screen TV at this time of the year. And we sat down and ordered some drinks and food. And it must have been one of the only places in town with seats left. Everywhere else was packed to the gills. We even walked by this tiny neighborhood cafe earlier in the afternoon, which was setting up its own big screen TV and what looked like some retro train station chairs. And each chair already had a name on it. Apparently, they were all reserved for the big night. Now that night during the game, the crowd went wild each time Germany scored. And it was a good night for them, too. They ended up beating Greece 4-2, and that was their ticket to the quarterfinals. Now what happened next was really interesting. Apparently, the logical thing for Europeans to do when your team wins a soccer match is to hop in your car and parade through the streets, waving your country's flag and honking your horn. Eventually, one of the main streets near our hotel was blocked off entirely with the fans filling the streets and celebrating at the top of their lungs. So what about the other games, the ones without Germany? I'd assumed that they'd be quiet nights with people just sitting at home watching the game on TV. But I was wrong. On Sunday night, after the England versus Italy game went into overtime and then on to penalty kicks, Italy eventually emerged triumphant. And that, believe it or not, sent the Italians into the streets in Cologne, Germany, which is nowhere near the Italian border. In fact, Germany doesn't even have a border with Italy. So as you're listening to this program, chances are good that the Italians and the Germans are actually facing off against each other at this very moment. The game is set to take place at 8.45 p.m. Central European time. That's 2.45 a.m. on Friday morning here in Taiwan, after this program airs the first time. Now, sure, there'll be people staying up late here to watch it, too, and no doubt more than a handful of Germans and Italians living in Taiwan. Now, I doubt anyone will take to the streets to celebrate here in Taipei, but having seen the post-match celebrations firsthand in Germany, I have a much better idea of just how much football means to Europeans. And the South Americans, and the Africans, and, well, pretty much the rest of the world.
With an ear to the ground, I'm Andrew Ryan. together already. It's time to feast! Sit down at the table with Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu on Feast Meets West. Hello, welcome to the feast, and this is Ellen Chu. And this is Andrew Ryan. How are you? Yes, we are feeling good because we are celebrating zero. That's right. We have had many days of zero new cases. Uh huh. And I think there's an understanding that there will be uh, a case now and then that mm-hmm. will come up eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are going to find our way through this new normal, Ellen Chu. Yes. Well, the the normal in the unnormal. That's right. Right? Right. Because <laughs> we're normal, but outside of Taiwan, everybody's still not normal. Yes, that's right? right. A lot of countries in the world are still dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. Right. Uh, we have had, oh, I think full straight, maybe 40 days of no domestic cases here in Taiwan. Yes. We've had a period of at least 10 days, uh, more than 10 days of no cases, period. Right. Or, you know, it can't be that people are hiding, right? I don't think so, because we would hear about it. We would have uh, people in the hospital. Okay, but the thing is good, okay? And we really thank, you know, whoever and those who are in the front line. Yes. Because they are doing so much work. You know, when I look at Mr. Chen Shizhong, mm. it's just amazing, you this know. This is the health minister, yeah. Yes, he has been in that chair every single day. And it inspires me, you know. It's like, I'm like the VIP mom, like the mom that helps school, you know, and doing everything like voluntarily, okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for sometimes to push myself to really go in there like daily, I really need to have like an inner talk to myself. But for him, you know, he's there. He is there. They have a 2 p.m. press conference every day at the Central Epidemic right. Command Center. And every single day he has been there. He hasn't taken a single day off. I know. Since January. Even his mother passed away during this period of time. You're kidding me. I uh-huh. didn't realize that. Wow. Yes. So he was, you know, on the spot and on work, you know, still, you know, helping everybody to to actually to go go through this whole pandemic. And, you know, he's selfless. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whenever I hear that we have a case, you know, there were periods of time when we were like, okay, and then we had a boost of like a huge amount of people, like 20, when the... The, the 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 students came back from abroad. Remember that period yeah. of time, and everybody start yelling and you know like saying negative things, commenting you know about Mr. Chen. I think it's so unfair. Mm. You know, I just think that you know it, it's a hard job for him to do because nobody knows and really how to control COVID nineteen. Yeah, 
right? It, There's it, so much unknown. And I think that people here, because we are on an island, people really have not a whole lot to compare it to because our personal experience is what's happening right here in Taiwan. So if everyone is really nervous about 20 cases, right. it's really hard to remember that, you know, some countries are dealing with like thousands, thousands. or tens of thousands of new cases every day. And, you know, you remember the day that he was like crying? Mm. He must be under so much pressure. That actually, I think that was what had happened is he was up all night. He didn't go to sleep at all. He uh, was here when the plane landed from Wuhan, Mm -hmm. one of the early planes that Mm -hmm. evacuated Taiwanese nationals out of Wuhan. Right. And then he was at the press conference the next afternoon at 2 p.m. No sleep. And and I'm sure, like, he didn't know where this whole pandemic was going either. No one knew. Right. I mean, I think now, in retrospect, we can clearly see that they made some great decisions and were able to control it. But at the time, you know, it could have just spiraled out of control. Right. So, you know, if it wasn't for him and his team, you know, and their effort and their perseverance, and no matter what you guys are saying about him, (laughs) you know, he's there, okay? He is on it. He has finger on the COVID-19. Absolutely. I have full trust in in him and his decisions. I know. So, we're at May 23rd now. Uh, Do you feel like we've turned a corner in terms of, like, what you see on the streets, People, you know, the mask situation, you know, are people, do you think they're more relaxed and more kind of willing to go out? And I think people are more relaxed, which I really think that people should, you know, still live a very careful everyday life Mm -hmm. because the virus is not gone. Okay. And then we still don't have any vaccine or any cure. Yeah. Right. Pinpoint it. Yeah. So we still have to practice what, you know, we did before. I mean, we don't have to like lock ourselves inside indoors and not (laughs) do anything. But at least, you know, a little bit of distance Mm -hmm. within a space. Yep. Like, you know, we are having a big social distance right here. Two meters, baby. Right. Two meters. (laughs) And, you know, hand washing, Mm -hmm. good hygiene. I think, you know, this is something that really changed. I think, you know, the hygiene... Uh, routine for everybody has elevated. You know what they're hundred percent. They're calling it, and I I think it is actually a really apropos description. They're calling it fang yi xin sheng huo. So uh-huh. it's like a new life of disease prevention. Okay. So we're keeping all these measures, but like actually, people seem pretty relaxed. I went to a shopping mall uh, last weekend, and it was packed full of people, but almost everyone was wearing a mask. People right. were social distancing. The line at the sink to wash hands, still super long. You know, people washing for good 20, 30 seconds. So people, even though they're, you know, visibly relaxed, you can see that people aren't as tense as they used to be. People are having fun, cracking jokes, coming out, being in crowds of people. Um, but they're still taking all the adequate per, uh, precautions, which I think is great. Right. I, I really think that, you know, uh, it's about time. I mean, mm. if if people are still living like in like those total restrictions and not going out and not doing anything, mm. I think we're going to be having some other problem issues, you know, mm. depression. Well, I have to say, I want to just thank everybody uh, in Taiwan for playing their own role and for right. wearing your masks, for washing your yes, hands. I think so. 
I think it's everybody uh, has contributed to uh, the success that we're seeing now. Yes. And, you know, I'm really proud that, you know, because of this whole thing, I think, you know, the world is recognizing Taiwan. Yeah. Taiwan can help and Taiwan is helping are the two hashtags. Yeah. So... Wonderful. So we're going to be celebrating uh, this uh, success, all of these zeros that we've been seeing, zero new cases, Mm -hmm. uh, by way of food. Shall we check out what's on our menu? Let's do it. All righty. Okay, on our menu today, first course, we'll tell you about some of the symbolic foods that people are eating to celebrate zero new cases. That's right. On our second course, we're going to tell you about a refreshing summer treat whose name sounds like back to zero guilingao oh my but the name has the chinese word for turtle in it do you think it actually contains turtle Ooh. Ooh. in our third and final course we'll be sampling that treat right here in the studio yes yeah. okay but first a song and this is called guiling back to zero yes but, you know, with a big thing like this that happened, I think, you know, we have to reset ourselves, you know, quailing mm. in many ways. The way we live, the way we think, the way our economy goes. I think everybody has to do a reset. And I guess, you know, this is what COVID-19 is all about. So it's, yeah, it's about finding a new zero, a new, a new start. normal. Yeah. Okay. This is by Lydia and Sandy Lamb. Okay. Much more to come when the feast continues. I didn't I didn't know like there's foods that represent zero, okay? You didn't know this? I mean Guiling Gao, yes. We that means you haven't been watching any of the Central Epidemic Command Center uh, press conferences. I have <laughs> I only check out, you know, around two PM and to see how many cases we have <laughs> and if they were like, you know, from abroad or local. But didn't you notice like that they have all these things lined up on the table? 
like almost every other press conference, they have、really? a bunch of things lined up、it's、on the、like、table. It's like 植入行销 Yeah, they're saying that, right? It's、okay. like、uh, what do you call that?、Um, it's、uh, product placement. Yeah, product placement. <laughs> But a lot of these things so are so they let the entire world and everybody to see that you know what kind of fruits we have. Yeah,、oh. I mean it's helping the local farmers. A lot of them are、okay. local,、uh, like. Fruits and vegetables.、Mm. So the first one that I noticed was all the watermelons. Did you see that? I didn't see that. They lined up six big watermelons on the table. Why like, did they do that? Like six days of zero.、Uh, okay, I wonder if you know this was the idea of the Minister of Agriculture and <laughs> Economics. Yeah, very possible. Okay, very they're working po- hand in hand. Help the local farmers.、Okay. And what's the eight guava? Oh, they lined up eight guavas on the table for what? It's like eight zeros, eight days of zero. Okay. So it's basically the number you see on the table is the number of consecutive days of zero、Ooh. new cases of COVID nineteen. Eleven Taiwanese lotus seed. That's so right, lianzi. Lianzi. Okay. Yes, it sounds like. Uh, how would you say lian? Stop the continuous. Yeah, stopping the continuation. Con- continuation.、So、Or continuous stopping? <laughs> no, lian zhi. It's like con- stop the continuation or continuously stop. My favorite one was actually not a food. It is a flower called flame flowers、mm-hmm. or Anthurium andreanum,、uh, which is huohehua. If you look that up in Google Translate,、um, it actually says it says Anzuhua. It says my Chinese name, which I think is funny. Really? Yes. Or actually, if you look up my Chinese name, and then it shows this look flower. Look at the scientific name. It has an, kind of like Andrew. Andrea. Andrea Nuenu. That that'd be my Latin name. Andrea Nuenu. Okay. Nuenu. Ellen Chu. It sounds like Nuenu. <laughs> Not sure where you're going with that, but but I like it. You like it.、Um, so, but the reason why they showed this flower is because it says Huohua, which means like it sounds like if you say it in Taiwanese. Hu hu ho, ho ho, ho ho, ho ho. It means hu ho, hu ho. Okay. <laughs> It means taking care of. It's just good. Okay. Hu ho. <laughs> I think it's just meaning good. 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 It's very good. Okay. So there's been a focus on locally grown foods,、uh, things that are you know farmers are growing. And Chocolate course, donut emoji to represent the zero cases too. This is、that's、just、cute. that's on social media because、okay. the little chocolate donut's a circle,、mm-hmm. so it looks like a zero. So if you put like, for example, if it was the tenth day of、uh, consecutive zero cases, then you have ten chocolate donuts on Twitter. You should just、Twitter. put like mantle. <laughs> you know, counting your little mantle. There's one little tiny problem with that. What? Even though we say that in Chinese, right? Su mantle, right? As、uh-huh. a way of counting the days,、uh, there's no emoji for that. Make one. <laughs> Make one. Okay, I'll get right on it. Why do we、right、use the、it? Western, you know, donuts? Seriously, we should have like you know the Chinese emoji manto. Or we should have like a little bubble tea with like ten bubbles in it. Right, or <laughs> little dumplings like Ding Tai Fung dumplings. <laughs> I think you should get on that, Ellen Chu. I think so. You should call the international agency. I'm just gonna call them at two p.m. today. Okay. Okay. Inform them. Inform them. Wrong. <laughs> From here on out, we will be doing boba only. Right. All right, we're going to go into another song, and when we come back in just a moment, we are going to be introducing a food that sounds like well, it actually may have even tortoise jelly. 
Yeah, it may have even had tortoise in it in the past. We're going to tell you all about it after this song. Okay. But first, uh, going back to those lotus seeds, there's actually a song called Lotus Seeds. Really? Uh, lotus, lotus Seed Heart. Mm-hmm. It's very bitter, right? They said. Oh, so it's yeah. a bitter heart? It's a bitter heart. Oh, Alan Cho. So Cho. it's by Xiao Huangqi. Well, you know, Xiao Huangqi, Mr. Xiao, he's always like, you know, singing these very bitter songs. Emotional songs. Emotional and sad songs. Oh, no. Okay. Well, we'll bring you that. We'll try to bring you up after we get back in our mm-hmm. second course. <laughs> Listening to Feast Meets West. Second course. 
Quilingo, <laughs> whatever. Don't don't quote me, okay? Because I don't think my pronunciation Taiwanese is is very correct. But you should be pronouncing it in like Cantonese, right? I bought it at a Cantonese restaurant. How would you say that? Quilingo. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like Cantonese, but yeah. we definitely can't vouch for <laughs> that. <laughs> okay. Correct us, all right? All right. If you speak Cantonese, yeah, write us a letter. Right, okay. No, send us a, a sound file. Why not? Right. right? Mm-hmm. So it's often called tortoise jelly, but actually turtle jelly might be more accurate. Okay. Because it was traditionally made from the bottom shell of a turtle. Mm. 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 <laughs> okay. Um, so what they would do is they would take it, and I think they would use it as kind of like a gelatin. Mm. So gelatin is usually made from what? Bones? Yes. And so I guess this is the agent which congeals the traditional dessert. Yo. Okay. Um, but I asked when I bought it at the restaurant today, I asked the woman, I said, does it have turtle in it? And she said, no, because turtles are now a protected species. So they no longer use turtle parts in our guilingao. So what do they use? I th- well, I asked if they use gelatin and she said no. Um, she said that they get the congealing with some sort of Chinese medicine. Oh. Oh. Okay. So it does include a mixture of Chinese herbs and it is a dark brown color. Is it brown? I was, oh yeah, it's, it's kind of brown, kind of blackish. Blackish brownish. Mm-hmm. Yes. Kind of like our licorice. Yeah, very you know, similar to that. Right? Actually, it has a little bit of a licorice taste to it, it too. It does, which I don't really like. I'm not a huge fan either. Are you Are you a fan of licorice? Uh, not really. I like the red ones. I like the red ones, too. It has the fruity taste. Yeah, but the black ones have anise, I think is what it is. Anise? <laughs> <laughs> Anium? <laughs> okay. Twice in one show. All right. A little anise reference. Okay. Um, so I guess the modern versions uh, mostly just contain the herbs, and that's what gives it its uh, very familiar taste. Mm. Um, so have you heard this before, that they say it's good for your skin, good for your complexion? Yes. A lot of the girls, they would eat this for mm. their skin and complexion. You know what you should try to do, Alan Chu? You should try to make a mask out of it and just put it on your face. No, I think I have good complexion already, so I don't need it, okay? You're not going to try it out? Are you sure? Just for the show. Take one for the team. But you're supposed to eat it. It doesn't go through your skin. If you put it on your skin, it might turn your skin dark. I know. I think you get in trouble. licorice color. You're not allowed to put black things on your face. Yeah, you get in trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, So the history, legend has it that the Tongju Emperor... Nearly cured his smallpox by eating it. Smallpox? Ugh, this is a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So the Empress Dowager Cixi, Cixi, mm-hmm. Taiho, right? Mm-hmm. She believed that uh, instead of eating Guilingao, he should actually worship a smallpox idol. And she convinced him to stop eating the Guilingao. And then he died shortly after he stopped eating it. Oh, so, no. Yeah. Maybe he shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe he should have continued Maybe eating it. Maybe she wanted, you know, to eat it for her complexion. Ooh, she's right. like, give it to me. Don't eat it yourself. Don't eat it. Right. So the traditional recipe, we have a little traditional recipe here. We're going to just uh, tell you a little bit about. Um, and a lot of these are actually um, Chinese medicine. So we probably won't read all of these, but okay. we can talk about some of them. Tortoise plastron. 
That's the bottom shell of the tortoise. Okay. Uh-huh. And that's the majority of what goes in there. Okay. And there There's... Mm-hmm. Honeysuckle dandelion. flower. Dandelion. Oof. Fruits and flowers. Forsythia fruit. Schizonipetaspike. Nip- I don't know what that is. Chrysanthemum flowers. Right. Uh, also bark. Ooh. And roots. Remania roots. Okay. And 30 bowls of water boiled to half its volume. My goodness. Yeah. Apparently they mm. boil this um, for hours. The only thing I like is honeysuckle flower. Uh, I would go with chrysanthemum flowers, too. Okay. I think it'd be a honeysuckle, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, apparently, they, they boil it for so long that it gives it a jelly-like residue. Mm. Um, and they add rice flour and cornstarch to thicken the product. So, maybe that's what they thicken oh, okay. it with today. Okay. Cornstarch? Mm. Okay. The thickening agent they use in soups, right? Okay. Mm. All right. Well, we're going to be sampling this in just a moment when we return. But first, we have a song... And this is called Jolene by Dolly Parton. Jolene, it has a ling. That's right, Jolene. So okay, th- it's Jolene. like nine days of zero, right? All right. Oh, <laughs> good one. Nice one. This is Dolly Parton. It's a remix with the uh, group Pentatonics. Okay. Have a listen to that. We'll be back in just a moment. Your beauty is beyond compare with flaming locks of auburn hair, ivory skin, and eyes of thimble green. Smile is like a breath of spring Your voice is soft like summer rain I cannot compete with you, Jolene He talks about you in his sleep There's nothing I can do to keep from crying When he calls your name, Jolene But I can easily understand How you could easily take my man You don't know what it means to me, Jolene in our third course on today's Feast News West and we have little uh, dishes of guilin gao mm. or tortoise jelly mm-hmm. black globules of gelatinous stuff in our little dishes this is wonderful it's and drizzled with honey on top of you it know, before mm. when I was younger 
I was reluctant to try this because it has the wu gui de gui, the turtle word in it. Mmm. Mmm. Oh. oh, do you need more honey? Mine's not sweet enough. <laughs> I didn't realize how bitter it was. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. It's really bitter. You know, it's funny because I thought it was going to be more like xin uh, cao. No, it has a bitter flavor to it. How would you say it differs from xin cao? Which is also an herbal jelly, but we have it like either hot or on ice. I would say xin cao, it has a tint of sweetness to sell, but this one, it's bitter. Yeah, it's super bitter. I don't think the xin cao is nearly as bitter. No, it has like a liang liang de kou gan, xin cao. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's cooling. It's, it's like, like a, a uh, spearmint. Peppermint? Yeah, it tastes a little bit minty or a little bit like, um, what do you say? It's, uh... It's really hard to describe that flavor. So hard to describe. Just Chinese medicine-y, but Mm -hmm. like more cooling than this one. If we just say Chinese medicine-y, I don't think anybody wants to try it anymore. Well, especially if you see it, it's black. Right. But actually with more honey on it, it tastes pretty good. It's really good. I... Practically just, you know, squeezed every... She put all the honey on it. All of it. Okay. I love honey. I like to be honeysuckled. You are a honey, Ellen Chu. I am a honey, okay? (laughs) Just like Dolly Parton. (laughs) Ooh, it's it's much better with Mm. the honey on it. Yeah. You know, the favorite gelatin I like is Mm. coffee gelatin in Taiwan. Oh, yeah. You put like, you know, the cream... Cafe Dong, oh, right? Cafe Dong. Those dong. are good. That is really good. They give you a little like packet of like non-dairy creamer mm-hmm. that you drizzle on top. I oh, love, love that too. Mm. Oh my. Actually, Shin Cao, we have that the same way. Also with the you creamer could, on you it. You could have the creamer on it too. And now I want to get one of those with ice. With ice, huh? Forget Guilin Gao. I want to get Shin Cao. <laughs> I want to get the co- coffee gelatin. Oh, yes. Yeah. Maybe I can make that for you someday. Do it. All right. I will do it, Ellen Chu. Okay. All right. If you say it, you do it. All righty. All right. We're um, going to read the address to you. Yes. P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Email us at androo at rti.org.tw. And next week, of course, we're going to bring in the flowers. We're going to bring in the flowers. That's right. We're going to go to the flower market. Right. Are you going to bring some honeysuckle flowers? I don't know about that, Ellen <laughs> Uh, but I will definitely be bringing you something that can help boost your immunity. And they say it's good for your lungs, too. Really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I want that. All right. It's perfect for the time of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. We're going to finish off with one final song today. And it's by a singer, Tai Ling, whose name is Jolene. Jolene. So keeping with that zero theme, mm-hmm. more than nine days of zeros by this point. Uh, the song is called Nao Gong. It's uh, her husband. Yeah. All right. It's a cute way to say lao gong. You say nao gong. Do you call your lao gong nao gong? No. If I say that, he's gonna he's gonna go. What'd what you do today? <laughs> it sounds like you did something wrong, and you're trying to like. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So uh, for a few sweets last time, Andrew Ryan. This is Ellen Chu. Bye bye. Bye. Wishing you more, many more zeros to come. Yeah. Cheers. Don't let her down, she's holding down.
This is Radio Taiwan International. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. <laughs> 